Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? This is Supriya Mehra, your mortgage advisor, and you're listening to the Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. More people than ever are building generational wealth through real estate. And on this show, I sit down with some of the top real estate agents, lawyers, accountants, and investors to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies that they are taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today at Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. This is your trusted mortgage advisor and host of this show, Supriya Mehra. Now, if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and share your five-star rating with us so more people like yourself can find our show. In today's episode, I have Susan White Livermore, also known as Millionaire Mom. She is a mom to three kids, wealth and mindset coach, a speaker, and a real estate investment guru. When it comes to real estate investing, she is jack of all trades and has experience in all the strategies from birth, flipping, long-term buy and hold, adding the legal duplex, and so on. Susan had started her real estate journey when her kids were really young. Our families with Young kids and listeners with busy jobs can totally resonate with this episode as one of the limited things we have is time. There are not enough hours in a day when it comes to achieving your goals. She shares some strategies about how you can still achieve what you want to and fulfill those real estate investing aspirations with limited time. So without further ado, let's get rolling. Good morning, Susan. Thank you so much for joining me today at Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. How are you? I am excellent. Thank you for having me. So guys, we are recording this on September 7th. Before we started recording, we were having this uh, interesting conversation about Bank of Canada increasing the rate again by 75 beeps and uh, what... We were feeling this morning and just um, kind of letting it out. So interesting conversation was that uh, hang in there, weigh out your options. If you are with a bank and you were on a variable mortgage, uh, reach out to your mortgage professional or reach out to your bank directly and see what your options are. Start planning ahead of time before you start getting that letter. And especially I'm talking about People who had got into a mortgage over the last, in 2021, up to May 31st, because June 1st was the first bigger rate hike that we had seen. If you figure out your options ahead of time, you can definitely plan what you want to do over the next few months and how you want to cross, you know, over those next uh, few months of choppy times. Um, So anyways, not digressing. Today's episode, I've got Susan. So Susan, welcome. And uh, why don't we kick off and uh, start uh, talking about you, who you are, what you do, how you got started in the world of real estate investing and uh, all the good stuff. That fun stuff. I am, I start off, I'm a mother of three. They're all teenagers. So one in university, one in high school and one finishing up grade eight, full-time in uh, real estate investment. I do coaching. I bring on investors into different deals that I do. 
Uh, I am, I call, consider myself sort of a jack of all trades. I've done everything from student properties to rent to owns to burrs building legalized suites here in Barrie. I built them out in Calgary. I've done wholesaling. I've done uh, flips, lend out money, a little bit of everything. I sort of move based on what, what's going on in the market. And now my biggest project right now is I bought a cottage and moving that into an Airbnb. So literally a little bit of everything. Yeah. So that's, that's who I am. I've been in the industry since 2006, went full time about 2009. Now I will qualify that with, at the time I was married and my job was really to create the pension plan because I had the income coming in. So I, would I have stopped at that time? Probably not. Um, or I would have gone heavily into rent to own or back then Airbnb wasn't a big thing. So I would have done it a little bit differently than I have. I've been really focused on pension, but now looking at getting back into the rent to own, because I think that's going to be an opportunity that's coming up uh, as well as a whole bunch of wholesale deals will be coming up shortly as the market has changed. Every time the market changes, it's a new opportunity to a new where place to make money in essentially. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. I think there is always an opportunity. The kind of opportunity might change. Uh, how you weigh in on a deal might change. Those criteria will probably change. You probably have to be more conservative in this market and um, yeah. really have plan A, B, and C in terms of financing and also in terms of your exit set strategy and keep those things tight. But there's always an opportunity. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for people who can qualify, who are able to get financing, who can find that deal. Um, I think over the next few months will be that limited time where you can really optimize and uh, get really crisp deals, like if you're looking into them, and uh, which will benefit long-term for sure. Absolutely. Right? So good, good time to buy. And if you're looking to invest, then invest during this time for sure. Hmm. Okay. So out of all the strategies uh, that you have tried and implemented, um, I have to ask you this, which one has been your favorite? <laughs> it's like asking which child is your favorite right <laughs> uh, <laughs> really I don't even know how to answer that like I you know what probably my favorite at the time was building legalized suites because I got it to the point where it I, I knew it like the back of my hand I could I could know what I could buy a property for how much it was going to cost me to renovate it uh I, and it was just like a well-oiled machine until 2020 happened, 2021, the prices just, it no longer made sense to be building them in the markets that I was working in. So um, at the time, that was probably my favorite, but it, it's it's where you're going to get the best deal and what's going to impact because I, I love the high of getting a great deal and Knowing where that's going to be is kind of the joy I get as opposed to the actual strategy or strategy. Yeah. And like, 
if you love real estate, you love real estate. Doesn't matter what strategy you're doing. Like some people get really into one particular strategy and I, I would prefer that. It's just, I tend to make with the market. I think uh, if you outline uh, what your goals are from every project that you take on uh, and you are able to meet or exceed those goals, I think those are the kind of transactions that you enjoy and uh, they, they stay with you in your yeah. yeah. I will say not flipping around does make sense. So when the market changes, you could, okay, I'm going to, the market fits better this strategy now. So I'm going to focus on this strategy and you keep your head down. Cause if you keep flipping around, it's like trying to chase a rabbit. You're never going to multiple rabbits, right? You're never going to get it. But if you stay steady on that one thing based on what the market's doing, then you follow that one rule through, you'll do very well. Other opportunities will come your way that you'll be able to, yeah, okay. It's not, uh, I'm solid in the path that I'm taking, but this actually makes sense. It landed in my lap. I will pick that up. But for the most part, you want to stay solid in whatever direction you have decided you were uh, heading in. Okay, then I, I, you make me feel better because when I hear different investors and experts that, oh yeah, uh, you know, we have done, we have Airbnb, we have triplexes, multiplexes, uh, private funding and all that. It's great. And I kind of get a FOMO and that, holy geez, like we just invested in a couple of condos back in 2010 when they were being sold for like 200K in Toronto. And uh, lately we just uh, kind of not pivoted, but tried a fourplex in, in Edmonton. Um, but uh, I do get a FOMO, I'll be honest, when... People talk about borough strategies, adding a legal duplex and stuff like that. But you know what? Like, You have to have time to do that. I, I journal about it and I'm like, no, we actually did pretty well. We, we were focused. We knew uh, what were our requirements based on our family time, based on our skill set and what we had to give. We did not have time and we still don't. So doing the poor does not make sense for us um, at all. Uh, we're okay. Not on your own. Not on your own. a partner that could exactly. do the work for you, that would be a different story. Yes, exactly. On our own, we just don't. We have young family and our careers are pretty demanding or we, we love what we do and we like to devote time there. Um, so if so we have been single families or condos and stuck with them, like I said, uh, just last year, we had the fourplex, which was a great addition. Uh, and other than that, you know, just um, some deals through uh, Greybrook or Olympia Trust through uh, RS Money yeah. and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think you're right. Like if you kind of figure out uh, what works for you, and that can only probably work for you, you have to find out, first of all, what your goals are, what your uh, strengths are and also weaknesses and what are some restraints and in our case time was the biggest uh, restraint and I, I think for most people it's time and then followed by money or credit yes exactly so I'm excited about kind of picking your brain today to um, 
talk about time. Like if you have limited time, you were uh, and you still are like a busy mom. Um, and uh, I can totally relate to that because uh, 24 hours is enough, not enough number of hours in a day. There's only so much we can do without getting grumpy and physically tired and burnt out. It's um, a real thing. Yeah, totally. And a lot of our listeners either have full-time jobs and they're doing this as a side thing to, you know, create that generational wealth, but they have young families or have other commitments. Mm -hmm. So what I want to focus on today's discussion, Susan, is that how were you able to do it all with three young kids in the house running around and looking for mama every two minutes? So what's your mantra? Like, how did you make it happen? I didn't know it at the time, but I was, I used to think that I was a cheater investor, meaning that I didn't do all the work to get the deals. I'd get into the deals, but I didn't do all the work. I would find a step that would leapfrog me a bunch of steps ahead of had I done it all by myself. And to be honest, I have to admit this is ridiculous, but way back when, when I was doing that, I was felt guilty about not doing it all. So I would pay people finders fees. I would pay people to, to give me leads to different things. I spent most of my time, and I still do to a certain extent, going for coffee, going for lunch, going for dinner, talking to different people, learning what they were doing, learning what they needed, and trying to put pieces together. So I would like that I would meet up with mortgage brokers, and I, they were like, "Yeah, we can't get deals for it. Like these people found a house, but they can't get it." And I'm like, okay, let me go find a, an investor. And we put the two together. I didn't know that I was working smart at the time. I was like, I want deals. I want to get into deals. I want to partner. This makes sense. And that's what I was doing. So I was very much connecting. I was happy to pay people for deals. But that's what I was doing. A lot of, for whether it was... Um, paying people to, cause they've like a wholesale deal, paying people for a land, uh, tenant buyers. And then it got to the opposite point where I would meet up with people that were doing great stuff and I would invest with them. And then I would, I'd be talking to colleagues about what I was doing or friends or whatever. And they're like, how do I get involved? So I started really matching people up I'm big on knowing who the person is. Like I want to, like if there's a deal, I don't want it to, I, would, I don't want to be more than one removed. So I want to know the person putting the deal together. I, I want to have a trust with that person. So I spend a lot of time getting to know people that were doing great stuff that I could get involved with. Okay. You, what you're saying I'm reading this book currently, uh, Money, People, Deal. Have you heard of that? No. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll share the details with you. And we'll put up on the show notes as well if anybody wants, wants to read. That's exactly what the guy says is, I can't remember the name of the author, I apologize. But uh, in order for any successful venture to happen, it could be business, it could be a real estate transaction, 
you need three pieces of the puzzles figured out. Money, people, and deal. Yeah. At minimum, you need to have two things and you will attract eventually the third one. If you have deal and people, money will come. Yep. In my cases, that's what it sounds. You, you knew people, um, like you were taking the time to get to know people so you could create that team of trusted professionals, could be wholesalers, could be realtors, could be mortgage brokers, people you need in the trades of real estate. And then have one piece figured out, have the second piece figured out, and third would just follow automatically. So yeah. Yeah. What, you, what you said was just pull up, you know, pulling everything that I was reading in the book together. <laughs> the challenge is to get it all to sync at the exact time that you want it to sync at. And so that's a bit of a challenge. But when you spend as much time talking about real estate as I do, you know, sooner or later, they do connect. Yeah. In our household, on my work, at my work, all we are talking about is real estate because my husband is in the finance slash banking industry. I am in the uh, banking slash real estate industry as well. So, and we both are investors in our own way. And uh, that's all we talk about. And I speak to so many people on a daily basis through social media, in person, over the phone that this is all I'm surrounded with. Like, that's it. So it, it makes it easier for me to be able to connect the dogs or connect the people at the, at the time that I feel that, you know, even if they don't need that person to be connected right away, I know that at the back of my mind, like, I'll make that connection yeah. later. Exactly. So, and I think it's such a big skill to have, and it's such an important aspect of making things happen is to know people and know trusted people who you can rely on and who you can refer to who will get the job done no matter what, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, my attitude, I wouldn't connect anyone with somebody that I wouldn't do business with myself. Yeah. So, and I would only connect people if I didn't have something going on uh, that I, they could connect, like do something with me, then I was, I, I recognizing that, you know, money sitting isn't necessarily a good idea. Sometimes it is, uh, when it's a no, <laughs> more often than not, it's not a great thing. So it was important to me to help those people that are coming to me, like, where would you put your money? And I'm only going to recommend things that I would do myself. Right. hundred percent. Okay. So in terms of, uh, I guess, structuring your days, structuring your weeks and months and trying to achieve and smash those goals in your investing journey, how would you um, see that you still structure all that to make things happen? Like, was there some kind of design on your daily basis or uh, did you put a conscious effort in terms of, okay, this is my time that I'm dedicating and this is what I need to do, yada, yada, yada. Do you have- Meaning with the kids and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest. hundred percent. I am very much, I'm not a detail-oriented person. I'm very much big picture. I, when I'm inspired to do something, I'm all in doing it, getting it done, Right. So when a deal would come across my desk, that was one of the things I looked at. I'd go like, okay, recognizing how much time it was going to take me 
I would often say yay or nay to the deal based on whether or not I had the time available to myself to get this deal done in the time frame that I had allotted for myself I, or I, I knew I would require. Um, and I would turn deals away because I'm a mom and I can only do so much in a period of time. So I would often send that up to somebody else, maybe get a finder's fee for sending that up. But I would be very sensitive to how much time I had and be able to, and only accept on, on my plate what I could do. So I really set each week, I would have just while the kids were in school from nine o'clock in the morning till three thirty, four o'clock at night, because activities started right after that to get that job done. So Monday to Friday, plus I'm doing other activities. Once I started doing the burrs, it was unusual for me to take on, okay, that's a lie. I was going to say more than one or two at a time. At the one point I had six going at a time, but they were all within a close proximity to another. But no, I don't like having more than two projects happening at the same time. Makes sense. So the key is to know, as to say no to the projects who do not meet your criteria and be comfortable with saying. Yeah. And I would sort of set, okay, I want to buy four this year for myself and maybe do some finder's fees and some coaching. And I rarely would go over those numbers. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So, so far, I think based on what you're telling me, number one suggestion, number one cheating investing rule or strategy is to hire help or to outsource things. So say for example, you're saying that uh, you had a wholesaler and, you know, you would give fine. Yeah. I, if I were starting from scratch, I think the number one thing to do is to get out and meet other investors, find out what opportunities are out there and get a feel for those people. Cause you'll know fairly quickly who's jiving with you, who you trust and who's not. And then once you find somebody you like, don't invest with them right away. Start doing your research figure out what other people are saying about them because references are huge in this world. It's a very small, small world. You can quickly find out who's on board with these people and how legit they are and who's not. Yeah, the track record and uh, what they're able to do, what they have been able to do versus just what they have been saying um, says a lot, right? You might wipe well with them but at the end of the day if results were not there to prove what they were saying was to be true then let's be friends but i'm not gonna invest in you yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and if you can in like if you can get deals where you can control everything so just buy it off of them that's obviously the best option because you'll get equity built in ideally if you're buying well and you can control the whole thing. Right. Yep. So possibly bring in your own investors to run it. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Sounds good. So number one, meet as many people as possible or investors, like-minded investors. And I would say that anybody in real estate who is in your area or what you're trying to do with surround yourself with with the people who would you know you would want talk yeah. to research and so on um say no more often right say no more often 
And I think that kind of comes from, and you kind of said in between lines, you knew where you were headed. So you essentially had the vision, you had the plan that, okay, in this year, I want to acquire four assets for under my name. I want to do two or three private deals and maybe some coaching, uh, mentoring, right? So you had that plan. So if you have that, it's very easy to say no, because it doesn't meet your guidelines. It doesn't meet yeah. your head. Yeah. Because yeah. guess what? There are so many shiny objects throughout your day that are thrown on you. And sometimes you also feel FOMO. Oh my God, if I don't, if I miss out on this. FOMO oh, is a real thing. It totally is. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> it's a real thing. I I fall into that shiny object quite often, but uh, my guiding star is my husband. Like if I'm feeling that, you know, um, I'm excited about this, what do you think? He can lash it yes or no in, within like two minutes for for me. Mm-hmm. And then I sleep over it and I'm like, yeah, thank you. I don't think that goes with what my goals are over the next year months, so we'll take a break from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Run it by. You know what? If you let one go, there's always another one behind them, like behind it, right? I, you know, I say that for most people sit on two different platforms. They're either they've got FOMO or they're afraid to get started in the first place, right? We just got to find that happy medium. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You you definitely have to be excited and not feel nervous about going in. But at the same time, you cannot go into everything that's out there in front of you, right? So having that clarity in terms of your goals and vision is super important. And I go to the extent of going through my goals every day or even writing them for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, because it keeps me in check. It keeps me in track because... Brilliant. I get thrown million things in front of me every day. And it's kind of, uh, it's not fair for my brain to make so many decisions in at any given point or anybody's brain at any given point. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, cool. So how, um, what else? What other um, cheating, investing strategies you have for us? If there is, uh, if there are. So it's about meeting people because you um, cheating is meeting as many people. You want to meet people that have done a fair amount of stuff, done the stuff that you want to do, because in addition to collecting deals off of them, they're also going to save you time. Something happens. It's usually a quick phone call in order to get a solution to something. Um, So knowing people and then what you said before hire out as much as you can. If you're really procrastinating on something, it's generally that, in my opinion, that you probably shouldn't be doing that. That's not your skill set. Um, there's, In my belief, there's a reason why you're doing it. So get, and you know it needs to be done, get it done, hire someone to do that piece for you. Um, whether it's... Um, Finding deals and buying the deals off somebody, or it's uh, all the 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 if the property needs renovating, property management is another one that I really think sh- for most people they need to hire out for because it takes a certain personality to be able to do that work well. 
but it, it's, it's about spending time to find people that are making things happen and being willing to pay them to move you along. I bought a ton of rent to own, uh, tenant buyers when I first got started. And so I, in one year, I bought over 10 properties. Um, cause the only thing I was doing is regularly meeting up with investors and connecting the investors with the deals. And that's but, uh, yeah. What, what you said, uh, totally resonates because, uh, I implement on daily basis, uh, this rule where I'm obsessively looking into things that I can either eliminate, delegate or automate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if it's taking me more time than it needs to, then it needs to go through this filter of questions. Okay, what can I do out of these three options? Because that's in a book somewhere. What did you get that off a book? Uh, a book or some webinar or course that I might have taken, but it uh, it did uh, resonate. It did resonate a lot, and I've been implementing them that uh, rule in personal life and professional life with kids, decluttering, like everything that you can think of. I try to um, ask questions better. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It just keep me um, organized and uh, less uh, cluttered in my mind otherwise. There's also the book, Who Not How. I yeah. can't, the name escapes me, but it gives a lot of ideas in terms of the things that you're procrastinating on that you might not have the time to do. Um, but just because you don't have the time, you you have to have one piece of the pie, whether it's connection to other people, connection to deals or money. But if you have at least one of those, you can join the pie, right? So the rest of it, it's it's finding that who to help you get the other pieces of the pie. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, that's the next book that I'm headed over. It's sitting on my <laughs> bookshelf. <laughs> that's my next one once I'm done with the current one. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to read about um, Good. tips in, in the book. Okay, great. Thank you, Susan. This was uh, super helpful. Uh, any final thoughts, any final comments you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up for today? Um, yeah, I... <laughs> If you are, uh, I, I, it keeps coming back to people. Like I'm a big believer that if you want to get somewhere in life, you've got certain goals that you want to achieve. You really got to focus on the people that you hang out with because you are the average of those five, six people that you hang out with. So, and those often are the people that are going to bring the deals to you or the ideas, the creativity. That's the other thing. Uh, within real estate investing, it's not traditional. Uh, thinking, these people think outside the box, the creative things that they can think of, of how to get a deal done far exceeds what you're ever going to imagine in the regular corporate world. Um, So my recommendation is if you really want to build your portfolio, start making sure that some of the people that have already achieved all this are in your people of five or six, because the more you get yourself exposed to these people, the more you start to to think like them, believe like them, and then sooner or later you start to act like them. And when you start acting like them, you're going to start achieving what they already have. And what I love most about um, just changing the people you hang out with 
is you're reducing the workload. Like if you do it on your own, it's like you've got to get the snowball rolling. You got to build it. It's a lot of work. Then you got to push it and make it really happen. But when you hang out with these people, it's like they rub off on you and you start to pick up the way they are uh, and start to accept it. And then you're not trying to convince yourself to like, it's not a pushing yourself to do something that you're deathly afraid of. Because sometimes when you start into real estate investing, it can get really fearful. Um, but when you hang out with these people and this is the norm, it, it, it takes away the fear because they've done it, they're doing it and you can start to see yourself there. Um, and I just believe that it's a easier way to get over the emotional, mental aspect of real estate investing. Plus it's where a lot of the opportunities are, the, a lot of the creativity, resolving issues. I don't think there is a better way of building a portfolio than bringing in and making these people part of your world. It's the most fun because you you're going to find once you're in this world heavily that these people start to become your friends anyways, because you start to think like them and you start to relate to them. And what they bring to the table is food for your soul, so to speak. So I'm not saying changing your friends, but recognizing that you are the average of the five, six people you hang out with work to make yourself the lowest person on the, uh, like be on the lower half of that so that you are rise to who they are. You are the average of five people that you hang out with. I absolutely love and hundred percent in tune in alignment with the, with that code. Um, and it could be anything like you want to learn specific skill set or you want to grow in any specific aspect, hire, I mean, or surround yourself with those like-minded people who have the same goals, who have the same mission, who want the same things. And automatically, just naturally, the energy in the room will be same. And uh, you just, you know, push each other to the next level. And it's uh, such a great way to learn something. You know, and that, that one person could be a coach too, (laughs) you know, like the most realistic way of building your portfolio in skipping steps is to also hire a coach. I have hired a coach in my business since probably 2011. So I've had some sort of coaching actually, even before that I did uh, group coaching. So, but I've had one-on-one coaching that will also help you and be part of your five, six people because you start to think like them and they they help you think differently. That's the other way of helping to build your business. Yeah. And coaches, mentors can really help you. Uh, yes, it's an investment. I get it. But in the end, you're learning off from their experience and they can, somebody can really help you save thousands of dollars of making that mistake, uh, connecting you with the right people, which to me is so valuable that the coaching itself pays off within a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. Or connect you to deals. Exactly. Exactly. Which, you know, normally you wouldn't have access to you if you... If you're looking for deals, you're making 10, 15, 20 cold calls 
something that you don't even enjoy doing and it isn't getting you any results at the end of the day, what happens? You get frustrated on your fifth day and give up the whole thing. Yeah. Anything, this is bullshit. It's not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Versus if you surround yourself with, with that person who has actually done that, who knows what to do, what are some of the things that needs to happen or can connect you with that person who will find you deals, then guess what? You've, you're you now doing an actual deal instead of focusing the energy on things that you don't even enjoy doing in the first place. 100%. That Like my philosophy when I was going through with the, the kids really young and I wasn't working a ton of hours in, in the business, um, my philosophy is, is the minute I stop enjoying this, my motivation to do it is going to go down the drain. So I've got to find ways to love what I'm doing. And if I'm not loving what I'm doing, then I need to hire someone so that I can continue to do, love the stuff I love doing. Uh, and cold calling wasn't it for me. Now I do send out letters that I enjoy doing, but you find more creative ways of targeting who you want. But it's it's a lot about the people that you're connected to and what they're doing and how they're doing what they're doing. And then they can show you how to do be it a coach or other investors. Yeah. So I love doing podcasts. I love creating information and educating my, our listeners, our followers and sharing value from experiences of experts like yourself and intertwining my experiences and my thoughts in between the discussions. Um, I love creating content on social media and stuff like that. But Holy shit, if you ask me to pick up a call, pick up a phone and call a random realtor who I do not know in order to introduce myself, forget it. Like I'd be out of business within (laughs) months or weeks, right? But here I am trying to share as much knowledge as possible as much um, because uh, I feel that there is uh, power in um, helping others uh, and I truly enjoy that side of things. And then how we can help at the end of the day, you take this out of my schedule and dealing with the underwriters, responding to this admin email, that's not the fun. Like, you know, that's that's not what I'm starting my day with. Yes, it does happen. But later during the day when, yeah, I just need to respond to a few emails and get things done. Can but, I tell you something else you're doing with your podcast that you're probably not even acknowledging? Yeah, Sure. You are accomplishing what you want to do without having to do the cold call. So you you put yourself out there and rather than do the cold call, you're attracting the the mortgage brokers, the realtors that are interested. So rather than hitting up a ton of non-interested, how many cold calls would you have to do by just putting yourself out there doing something you love to do? Think about how many steps you've avoided and attracted some, probably some great realtors, right? Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. And somehow I've already built that connection with some of them just over social media or because they have been regular listeners of, of the podcast, they listen to my voice and they feel the trust or they feel that connection at least, right? And uh, I'm... Actually, thanks for saying that because uh, I'm so true. grateful for doing this every day and I truly enjoy this. <laughs> well, when you find your thing that you love to do, you do that because that's going to attract 
what everything else that you want. As long as you set a goal, it'll attract everything else you want. But when you're pushing yourself doing something you really don't want to do, it's going to show up in performance for sure. Yeah. And it's like, you might make money out of it, but uh, like the book says that I'm reading right now, that it's dead money. It's a dead money. It doesn't have that energy. Um, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, there is a momentum to exciting, inspired action. Exactly. That I, like, I, I am big. Don't do something that you're not inspired to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Now that we're wrapping up, <laughs> how can people reach out to you? How can uh, reach out to you? What's the best way? I love to hear from people. They can reach me. They can find me on Instagram at millionaire.mom.2.0. Uh, they can find me on Facebook at Millionaire Mom. They can email me at susan at millionairemom.ca. Yeah, those are the three main areas. I do coaching, uh, just conversation. I love hearing from people and having a conversation. Great. Awesome. We'll have all the contact information and social media on the show notes as well. Thank you so much for your time today, Susan. This was a great time. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Okay, so there you go, my friends. As Susan mentions, the key things are to find the right people. Make your team of pros, people you can trust and enjoy working with. Network, network, network. Say no more often. Surround yourself with people who are willing to achieve, who want to achieve more in life and hire coaches or mentors if you are working on a limited timeline. Quite honestly, implementing these simple strategies will not only save you time, but tons and tons of money as well. Like Susan said, she offers courses and coaching to new real estate investors. Her contact information is available on the show notes. Schedule an appointment with her today and see how you can learn from her. That's all for today, my friends. I wish you have an amazing day ahead and we shall catch you soon. 